And now Ian's going to give us our reading from Acts. Thank you, Ian. The second reading is from Acts, chapter 9, verses 36 to 43. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, and in Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. And about that time, she became ill and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please, come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around, crying and showing him their robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a, tanned, with a tanner named Simon. This is the word of the Lord. Our Gospel reading from John chapter 10, verses 22 to 30, talks about sheep. I'm sure that you will agree with me that sheep have a reputation for not being the brightest animals in the world. This fact in itself makes some Christians upset when they are compared to sheep. But sheep seek the security of the flock, and they blindly follow the lead of the shepherd. And when several flocks are grazing together in a field, they are still able to distinguish the voice of their own shepherd. They can follow his movements, his clap of his hands, his voice, etc., Sheep need a leader, not because they are not very bright, but because they know they just can't go it alone. They need somebody or someone to lead and guide them. And we're in some ways like that. Jesus is our shepherd. We must distinguish his voice from all the other voices we hear in our daily lives and follow him in faith. He provides the security of an eternal kingdom, but people often look elsewhere for their spiritual and an eternal security. I believe that no forces other than our own can snatch us out of his good care and his keeping. Christianity is not about Christians behaving themselves. It is about hope for those who do not have any, and in some ways, that does include all of us. All we have in ourselves is doubt and fear, and there is nothing certain. When someone looks at the truth and refuses to believe it, 
It is the fault of the one who refuses to believe. At some point, we simply must cut through all the uncertainty and ambiguity and believe. There is a sense in which we have to move from the theology about Jesus to having faith in and of Jesus. Jesus came to those of us who were lost sheep. He has spoken to us through the power of his words and deeds. His miracles point out his divine nature and they display his power. They show that Christ and God are the same. He has opened our eyes and ears, just like he opened the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf. Our status as God's sheep comes from outside ourselves, not from within. It comes from our faith in Christ. Our salvation is secure because Christ has secured our salvation through his death and resurrection. No one can take it away from us. No earthly power is stronger than he is, and he will not allow any such power to prevail against us. His power and his deity do the work that is appropriate to accomplish salvation for all of his people. The true sheep are those whom God speaks to, giving them ears to hear the teachings of Jesus in faith. They in turn recognise Jesus as the Messiah. They follow him in obedient faith and they develop a personal relationship with him. I believe that there is no loneliness when we belong to God. There are dynamic social relationships in John 10.30, Jesus talks about the power which provides the true sheep with eternal security, the power of God and Christ, the power of one. He is not saying that he and God are the same person. What he is saying is that he and God are united in one mission. They are united in the same work. If we criticise the work of Jesus... I believe we are also criticising God's plan for the universe. The purpose of sacrifice which Jesus emphasised was not to please a deity that was angry with us because of our sinful behaviour, but to have intimate fellowship of a meal with the deity. It is not the sacrifices in the temple that absolves from sin. It is the sacrificial act that Jesus makes through the surrender of his life that provides both absolution of sin and entrance into God's community. Because of his sacrifice, people will know that he is the authentic shepherd. Jesus challenges those who would oppose him to consider the word and his works. When he refers to the law, he refers to the Old Testament. He has indeed high regard for the scriptures. I'm afraid that this is a regard not really shared by the world today. Many people today say that the scriptures are indestructible, but I believe it is as long as they agree with them and it does not take too much effort to keep them on their part. 
Vast numbers of people have heard his words and taken him at his word, and they have discovered that he was and is the gateway into the heart of God. He was and is the door to the finest and truest understanding of God's nature and God's character that the world has ever known. We must submit to his word on the subject if we are going to call ourselves Christians. The Jews asked Jesus if he was the Messiah. They asked him that because the Messiah they expected was not the same as the Messiah promised in the Old Testament. The Jews were looking for a Messiah who would use military power to free them from Roman rule. Jesus, on the other hand, was the spiritual Messiah, or shepherd promised by the Scriptures. His words and deed were a powerful, consistent witness to Israel. In return, he sincerely and genuinely wanted Israel to submit to his revelation, to respond to his message with obedience and faith. The decision to reject him was due to their underlying moral nature. They were not his sheep, so they would not follow him. Their former religions were still in their backs of their minds, and in spite of what Jesus said and did, he offered something their former religions did not offer, namely eternal life. His desire for his followers to submit to him and respond to his message in faith is still strong today. I believe that when the gospel comes to us, it is our responsibility to respond to it in faith. If we are one of Christ's sheep, given to him by the Father, we hear his voice, just like a sheep who hears the shepherd's voice. He, in turn, knows each and every one of us as individuals. He has a personal relationship with each and every one of us, and he will give us eternal life a life that no one can take away from us. If we believe in faith, we have no one to thank but Jesus himself. We can all be sure that his death and resurrection have the power to hold and protect his sheep so that nothing can take them away, not even death. Faith is a special gift from God. It is the experience of those who have met Jesus and follow him. Those with this experience never perish, nor have any doubts, but they cling on to their experience in a manner that nothing can separate them from God's love. The trust we have in faith in the Good Shepherd carries us through our times of fear, just like a shepherd protects his flock in times of trouble. This trust allows us to believe that our life has meaning, even when life circumstances tell us otherwise. God does not promise us a life of happiness in a world where nature and human cruelty take its toil. One only has to look at the recent events in Ukraine, stabbings in London, and even closer to home, the stabbings in Bourne End, to see the truth of this statement. I believe that he often uses life's events to give us an occasional tap on the shoulder 
to remind us still that he is the boss and he is in control. What he does promise is that we will never be alone and that we will never be deprived. He gives us the spirit that helps us grow close to God and changes our focus from our own selves to the confidence of a closer faith in him. The challenge we face when we face life's challenges is not to explain or justify them, but to survive them and remember that God is always with us. We hear these promises and claims and we can either believe them and embrace them or we can walk away. Jesus wants us to hear his word and understand who he is. He wants us to know and believe that he is our shepherd and that we are his sheep. He wants us to know his voice and to follow it like sheep follow the voice of their shepherd. He wants us to hear his words of peace and comfort in our lives, but sometimes it is hard to hear them over the other noises that we hear in our lives. I believe that part of the problem is that we often hear what we want to hear. In other words, we have a case of selective hearing. Far too much of our own listening is centred on the world and not on Jesus. Far too often we tune out his voice. We have heard through the years about his words and deeds, but we still have a hard time centering our attention on the Good Shepherd. The Bible is not a logical, systematic work of theology. <coughs> it is a collection of God's love songs and our responses and even our failures to respond. We don't always hear or understand the meaning of these love songs because we do not focus on his voice. We must filter out the background noise like the modern hearing aids that filter out and reduce background noise. The trouble for many is that they have abandoned the church or at least relegated it to a minor role in their lives. I suppose you could say that it is, it is a convenience at best. Thus, the power of forgiveness, the gifts of grace, the warmth of fellowship are absent. When people no longer worship, they lose sight of the beacons which warn us of all life-shattering incidents. They often forfeit the word of God, which lights the path. They find themselves in need of a shepherd, but they don't know where to look. We can't hear his voice unless we are one of his sheep. Have you heard his voice? It makes all the difference in the world if we hear the good shepherd's voice. It indeed has eternal consequences. I believe that eternal life begins not at the time of death, but at the time when we become one of his sheep, that is, when God speaks to our hearts and turns us into a follower of Jesus. When we can't hear his voice because of the noise in our modern world, we must listen for his word. Be still. Quieten our lives. Make time. Close our eyes. Be with God and be quiet. Then, when we have finished listening, 
we must sing praises to his name. We must be apart from the world and not assimilated by it. Our call to worship today, the 23rd Psalm, is often read at funerals, but it is not for the dead, it is for the living. It provides God's comfort, strength and assurance that the living will survive life's challenges. The Good Shepherd has to lead the sheep through the valley of the shadow of death to greener pastures. He has to lead us through life's challenges so that we may enjoy life's blessings. He leads us all of the time, but especially when we face life's trials. I know this because I speak from experience, both of my own and our families. Believing something and knowing what we believe are two entirely different things. We can only determine what someone believes by looking at what they do, not what they say. Actions do indeed speak louder than words. When I was preparing this morning's service, I was reminded of a song by Terry Kelly. He is a singer-songwriter from Nova Scotia. The song is called In My Father's House, and since the words are somewhat appropriate, I'd like to share them with you. In my father's house, there was sanctuary. When it would rain in the world, love would keep us dry. When it rained, it poured. Love was our umbrella in my father's house. When we are with God, he provides the sanctuary and the protection we need to survive life's storms. All we have to do is come inside in faith. Amen. <laughs> 